G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. Well, um, I was had a policeman come to the front door with a subpoena for me to go to court, and that was an offence against the perpetrator. So apparently the Royal Commission had been to the town that I was brought up in and um, had spoken to some people and my name was given to them through that process. I was very broken on the doorstep and I just broke down. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today, Dale Johns joins us once again to share more of his journey to healing after being sexually abused as a child. Dale and his counsellor, Tim Donovan, are the authors of the book Reclaiming Lives from Sexual Violence, and their website is understandingshame.com. As we'll hear today, Dale had kept his sexual abuse a secret for over 40 years until a police officer knocked on his door. Dale was subpoenaed to testify in a trial against his perpetrator and all the painful memories began to flood back. Once again, Dale is joined by Tim Donovan, who's a registered mental health social worker. And before we get started, I just want to mention again that the topic of childhood sexual abuse has the potential to trigger painful memories in those who have had similar experiences. So today's program is not recommended for young children or for anyone who feels uncomfortable with this topic. Also, if you're listening today and need someone to talk to, you can call the 24-hour National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Line on 1800RESPECT. That's 1800-737-732. Once again, that's 1800RESPECT, or the numbers are 1800-737-732. Now, here's more of Dale Johns and Tim Donovan chatting with Eric Scadabo. Okay, Dale, now let's get back to your story. You ended by saying that you were at a very low point, life spiraling out of control, getting involved in drugs and other things, having a very low self-image, I guess you could say. Then what happened next in your life? Well, um, I was had a policeman come to the front door with a subpoena for me to go to court, and um, um, that was an offence against the perpetrator. Um, and How did so they know I, about it? Um, through the Royal Commission. So at this point, had you talked to anybody? No, I hadn't at that point. But um, How did they know about apparently it? Apparently, the Royal Commission had been to the town that I was brought up in mm-hmm. and um, had spoken to some people, and my name was given to them through that. Oh, process. somebody else mentioned it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I entered the judicial process. and well, well, which was Before we get to that, I just wanted to find out, because all this stuff is going on inside of you, the shame and all yeah, that. Yeah, How did yeah. you feel when you got that knock on the door and they told you that all these things from what you thought was your past and over with, it's going to all come back now? How did yeah. you feel about that? I was very broken on the doorstep. Um, and I just broke down and fell to the floor um, because my wife didn't even know about Mm. any of these things yeah. so um and she was she came to the door and said what in the hell's going on and um i said i can't 
can't talk about it now, but I was I was abused by the priest, and um, yeah, so it was a very difficult time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, understandably. Where I had to, you know, then reveal it to the rest of my family who didn't know either, mm. or my children. So you didn't even have a choice because it's going to come out. Yes, really painful, and I was in denial of it as well. I think mm. at that time, yeah. Trying to deny it all. Yeah, it was a very difficult time. How old were you about at that time? Don't ask me a question like that. I'm not good at maths. <laughs> give, give me a ballpark figure. <laughs> um, you were married, you said. Yes, I was about um, when the police came. It was 2012. Oh, I so you're, this is, we're fast forwarding. Yeah. Several years. Yeah. It's only in the last 10 years that, this all started, so. Oh, okay. So this was ancient history. Yeah. Except for it was still gnawing away in yeah. the background, impacting your life. Yep. But so we're fast forwarding. 42 years before I said anything about it to anyone. So how did your wife react? Um, disbelief, I think, for the start, but then realized why I had been so um, overprotective with the children mm. going anywhere or. Um, yeah, all that sort of thing was became sort of a bit profound for her then. Hmm. So the police yeah. show up at your doorstep wanting you to do what? what, what what's the next step? Was to go to court. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're looking for witnesses in the case. Is that, yes. is that yep. what was happening? Yeah. Okay. And then I got a phone call from um, the Seno Task Force and um, – the what, what, had the an what interview. Task Force? Sano, Sano Task Force. What is that? I think they were detectives working with the Royal Commission, mm-hmm. looking for people who had been abused mm-hmm. by the perpetrator. So would yeah. I be correct in saying there were other accusations about this particular priest? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Because so it's very mine, rarely just one incident. It's Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Tim and Dale, but it's usually a pattern with a, a person like that. Yeah. Yeah, mine was a class action, so there was 12 people involved okay. in a court case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was horrendous in itself, really. Mm-hmm. But during that process um, is when I met um, the counsellor from the Office of Public Prosecutions in a, in a court, during a court case, mm-hmm. and um, she made an appointment for me to have counselling in Central Victoria, and that's where I met Tim for the first time. And Tim? Kind of take us up to meeting Dale. What were you thinking at that point? Yeah, it was. I was new to counselling, and I'd. Um, I guess Dale was one of the first uh, males that I'd work with, and um, I guess what was I thinking? I had to be really curious and really uh, listen to Dale's personal lived experiences, and he was truly the expert. Mm. So I think. What do you man, mean by he was the expert? What What does that mean? Yeah, um, the expert in his own lived experiences and my competencies and ways and being curious, um, I had to really centre in that and rely on him to guide me in a way in how the conversations went very early on. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was influential in bringing out the truths of Dale's experiences, yet you know, I was really reliant on, on, on Dale. And um, So where we were out the window was the spire of the um, Catholic Church. and um, Was that like a steeple? Yeah, like a steeple, and mm-hmm. it was on a hill, so it was even more height involved. Oh, okay. And, yeah, 
And I remember Dale and I looking at it and going, wow, the irony of this, <laughs> this circumstances that we bring ourselves together in. And, you know, that, I think that was where I sort of shared um, just a snippet of my faith. Mm-hmm. And that came out more later as our trust was built, et cetera, and it was relevant mm-hmm. to hit Dale's story. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was our first humble beginnings, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And that, um, that spire for me was like an overpowering, you know, like it was the Catholic Church was watching over me hmm. in, the, in, the, in the room. But we made a joke of it that day, Tim, and had a bit of a laugh. And, um, yeah, and our relationship grew from there. Yeah, and we'll find out about how your friendship has grown and developed, and you even co-authored a book together. But uh, getting back to your story, Dale, up to that point, you had not had a positive experience with counselors. Is that right? No, no, I hadn't. All the counselors I'd seen were women because I didn't really trust men. Besides my dad and brothers, I had not trusted men at all. So um, that's why I always saw women, but. So seeing Tim was, um, I was a bit nervous. Yeah, what did um, you think when you first met Tim? How, how did you respond to finally <laughs> trying to talk to a, another guy about your situation? Um, well, I I was nervous and quite anxious about meeting with a male counsellor, but I also, in a way, I really craved male friendship. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, when we met, Tim popped his head around the corner of the, waiting room in the place and um, said, hi, I'm Tim, you must be Dale, and followed him down the hall to that infamous room where the Catholic spire was overshadowing the room almost. And, uh, oh, you were able to see it out the window, is that it? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, our relationship grew from that day and I think it started after we sort of had a joke about the spire. So what was it about Tim that he gained your trust? Um. He was just very different. He d- uh, very often. Well, we know he's different, but. <laughs> very different to anyone else so, I'd sorry, seen. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> uh, not at all. Very different to anyone else I'd seen, of course. And um, there were no accusations or judgments made. Hmm. And often that happened to me. So there was nothing like that. He just um, wanted to get to know me first before we did anything. And, and, and I got to know him, Tim, so. So he actually wanted to chat a bit. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. And get to know you. Yeah. Human to human. Yes, which is really important and um, amazing for me to have someone like that want to get to know me and care about me. Mm-hmm. Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I think too um, in that, Dale, and correct me please on this if um, it's a little bit um, misguided as such, but I think practices of self in the profession of counselling are really important, Eric. And, you know, when we look at what practices of self. What, what, what does that mean? I'm not a counsellor. Practices of self? Absolutely. Like what, what you bring into the conversation without mm-hmm. having the theories and the models used, that idea of being collaborative, working together, mm-hmm. that idea of being transparent and open and honest, um, and that that idea of being um vulnerable curious, vulnerable absolutely absolutely vulnerable and you know and asking the questions of you know i come with plenty of opinions but asking dale about his opinions about his own lived experiences now so, let, let me let me share this last time 
after our conversation ended, I said, oh, I thought I talked too much. And you're like, oh, that's my job. I get people to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, Dale, would you say that's uh, what Tim is good at? He's good at getting people to talk? Was that your experience, Dale? <laughs> um, yes, it is. He's good at that. Um, but I guess the, the care of me in that, that um, the, the emotion and the vulnerability and it does take vulnerability to open and you have to know someone to mm. um, open up about stuff like sexual abuse. So mm, yeah, uh, yeah. That, was, that was really important. Mm. Yeah. And the relationship, I guess, Eric, for you, you know, is key and for me it's key and, you know, there's models, ideas in that, that, you know, without relationship in the therapeutic alliance, you know, it's really tricky to navigate that trust and having hope and um yeah someone opening up so i think that was really important wasn't it, initially yeah um, for me to be vulnerable and checking in checking in i guess yeah yeah continuously on dale's experiences and for instance we're using the whiteboard so we're almost co-researching together yeah. which you know strips back those dominant ideas of expert driven therapy counseling. and sharing the note taking as well so yeah You're listening to The Story. Today, our guest once again is Dale Johns, along with his counsellor, Tim Donovan. Dale is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and he's sharing about his journey to healing. Together, they've written a book called Reclaiming Lives from Sexual Violence, and their website is understandingshame.com. We'll hear more of Dale's story when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, once again, our guest is Dale Johns, who's a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and he's sharing about his journey to healing. He's joined once again by his counsellor, Tim Donovan, and together they've written a book called Reclaiming Lives from Sexual Violence, and their website is understandingshame.com. Now, here's more of their conversation with Eric Scatterbo. So, Dale, would you say Tim was doing well as far as guiding you out of the metaphorical darkness and wilderness? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it took time, a long mm-hmm. time, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was three and a half years, wasn't it, Tim, by the time we finished? So, yeah. um, But Tim, um, the things that Tim did, like um, I took on the role of shame and he interviewed me as shame. Huh, that's interesting. And the information that... Um, I actually knew about what shame was doing to me was absolutely mind-blowing, fascinating, and um, just such an interesting way to understand shame. So what was the epiphany, the key turning point in your counseling experience with Tim? Um, I think when he asked me that question, um, what's the difference between the perpetrator and myself? So let's, Um, let's just pause here to reflect on this. The question was, Tim asked you, Dale, what's the difference between the perpetrator and yourself? Yes. And that's kind of what got you really thinking. Now, for me as a 
non-counselor, as somebody who hasn't been abused, it's hard for me to understand why that would be a significant question because I would think, isn't it clear that you were a victim or you, you were uh, you were innocent and the perpetrator is the perpetrator, but yet yeah. because of all the reasons we mentioned earlier with him manipulating you and everything, that wasn't clear in your mind. No, I felt gu- I was guilty. That's basically. what you felt. So, yes. so what was it about this question that really caused you to kind of turn the corner? Well, I was really quite hurt when Jim asked me that question. Is that right? Yes. Why? <laughs> and I wondered why he would ask me a question like that. And I had really no idea why he would. <laughs> what, what was your thinking up to that point? Um, I just, I was shocked by the question. I just why? didn't. I, I just something that I never thought I'd be asked, I guess. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't know what it would do to help because it made me feel worse at, the, at that moment. Hmm. Um, well, why did that make reason, you feel worse? I don't know. I really don't can't understand. I don't understand that, but it did. Hmm. Anyway, I when I left the um, appointment that day, I was deep in thought and um, praying, and on my way home, I had. A significant flashback. Mm. Um, I had I was sobbing and I had to stop the car, mm. and uh, I just started to see why Tim had asked me that question, and I started to see the differences between the perpetrator and myself, and my innocence and um, mm-hmm. his overpowering, and mm. um, just all the things that we were so different. I started to see them, and um, very clearly. And so that was really a pivotal question for me in counselling. And did it help you understand that, hey, I was innocent? Yes. Yes, it did. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I could see that I'd taken on so much of what he did to me as being my fault and all those sort of things. So... Yeah, and um, and this is years and years later that you're finally realizing. Yes, I, I was and innocent. I, yeah, yes, yes. And it had been gnawing at you for all those years. Yeah, pivotal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I started to have more and more flashbacks after that. So it was like um, God started to reveal all the things I'd put away into the depths of my being, and when I could cope for some another one they'd come and i'd I'd, um through what tim had taught me and stuff i was able to walk through those situations myself look at them and understand you know how innocent i was in that and Mm -hmm. and the overpowering effects of sexual abuse and what it does to you as a person Mm. so that virus to use that analogy that we used it was, it was, in a sense, to a certain extent, eradicated, would you say? Um, no, not eradicated, but I'm able to deal with stuff when it comes now mm. through, you know, what Tim has really, over the, the three and a half years, has really, and which continues, um, has well, so, taught me. So would it be fair to say that he's empowered you to have some coping strategies? Would that yes. be? Absolutely. And to, and understanding shame is a really big part of that and understanding the way shame works. Mm-hmm. So people listening today who can identify with your story, what do you most want them to know about how shame works? 
um, that shame absolutely controls. Um, I guess they need to get help. They need to get mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. counselling to help them through that. Mm-hmm. You can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. You have to learn these strategies, I think, that um, that I have learned, and um, that is really the only way you can overcome it is to learn and know about how it works. And Tim, what would you like the listeners to know about shame? Yeah, I, I guess I'd like to, if that's okay, Dale, to ask you, you know, the listeners may be thinking, you mentioned strategies, you mentioned ways to cope. Um, what were some of those ways that we were able to um, draw out that were already there? I guess the assumption in a way was that you have the skills and abilities. It's a matter of drawing them out. What were some of those ideas that you were able to um, conclude about yourself? Yeah, well, knowing that I was that I was innocent in that, I mm-hmm. think gave me the power to be able to look deeply into those situations, um, understanding myself more. I think I didn't know who I was. I started to know who who I, who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of confusion around that, but. Um, you know, it's much better than it was. And uh, so, yeah. And would it be right to suggest, Dale, and for Eric and the listeners, that rather than the problems, the abuse, fully defining who you are, your identity, um, taking on that idea is that's who I am, we were able to, through that pivotal sort of moment and the externalising of shame, as in the shame's the shame, not you, Dale, you could see yourself, I guess, in a different light that there was more that defined you mm. as in there was more to your identity and that was your integrity. Yeah, yeah, my integrity. And also you brought out with that, um, we actually interviewed integrity as well, me taking on the role of integrity. Um, mm. And that was very eye-opening too. And I started to see that Tim brought out other story, positive stories that, of the person that I was, that I am. So that was really important as well, seeing myself in much better light. Yeah. And those stories of resistance where you had always stood up for what's right Right. before the abuse, during the abuse and continue to, and those stories were almost silenced, weren't they? They were. They were by shame, yeah. Yep. And showing that you're always committed to, um, what would you say, standing up for justice and that it wasn't further separating that it wasn't your fault. Yeah, yep. And I tried to do that through helping others It's in the schoolyard and things like that. So looking back, if I'm understanding you right, both of you, Dale, you had stood up for people and you've helped yeah. people. You were involved in pastoral counselling for about 20 years. Yes. So you've always had a heart for helping others, even through all yeah. your trauma. Yes, I have. So, but, but until I met Tim, I hadn't recognized that. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. So you have a heart for wanting to help. Yeah, I do. And I've You've always, always had, had that. Yeah. I've always I've had it since since the abuse started. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to help anyone who was living a difficult life or had any trauma or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm remembering in my notes that it says the problem is the problem. You're not the problem. Am I saying that right? Am I remembering yes. it right? Yep. So that was also pivotal. Pivotal. Yes. Pivotal. Yep. Pivotal. Pivotal. <laughs> I just talk for a living. What do I? <laughs> <laughs> it was pivotal. Yes. 
to distinguish you're not the problem. Mm. The problem is the problem. problem. Yeah. What the perpetrator did is the problem. Yes. You're not the problem. You're wanting to help people. Mm. Yes. And that helps you have a much more positive view of yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yep. I'm starting to see why Tim's so good. He's getting me to talk again. <laughs> Tim, you're wonderful. You're a great counselor. <laughs> yes. well, we're, we're running out of time, but uh, <laughs> any other wise things, Tim, you want to share or Dale, you want to talk about how, how great Tim is? <laughs> I do that all the time. Oh, I'm starting to understand why you, you like Tim so much. Good on you, Tim. Thanks, Eric. Yes. But, but, but well, let's get to the book, Deb. The two of you, not only has Dale come to a, be in a much better place, and we're hearing um, you know, all these positive developments in, in your life, Dale, but the two of you got to the point of wanting to share these experiences and your growth in a book. Tell us about that, Dale. How did you feel about wanting your story shared publicly? That is something I wanted to do. You did? Too. Yes. I wanted Why? to, to help others, to help mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, it had been 42 years before I could say anything. So if there's others out there that are the same, you know, who may never talk about it, I wanted them to have the opportunity to hear our story and Mm. maybe they could talk about their story too and be released from the silence. Amen. Which is a form of healing. Mm -hmm. And Tim, why did you want to write a book? Um, I think I was just so humbled. I was humbled by Dale's trust in me. Um, of course, our faith had a lot to do with it, and it was centred in that. Um, it was a story that needed to be shared, and I think the way Dale and I walked alongside each other was unique, mm-hmm. and I felt that uniqueness challenged dominant ideas regarding psychology and dominant ideas that men can be emotional and we can share conversations beyond the therapy room with careful consideration and, you know, a lot of um, work in that just doesn't happen. And, yeah, I felt, yeah, we just – it was something just wonderful that we'd ex- that I'd experienced and mm-hmm. I wanted others to to have that as well. Yep. Final question for you, Dale. After all this, where are you with your relationship with the Lord? Um, I have a strong relationship with the Lord that never goes away. He's always there when I need him. Mm-hmm. And I um, press into him whenever I need him, and um, he's there. Yeah. He's always been there for you. He's always been there for me, yeah. He hasn't taken it away, but mm-hmm. he is there and supporting me. And I live today because of Jesus. And many times through the through the abuse where I thought I would die, he was there saving me. Yeah. Amazing. Dell Johns? Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Eric. Tim Donovan, thank you so much for coming back and giving us your counseling insights. That's a pleasure. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Dale Johns and Tim Donovan, who are the co-authors of the book, Reclaiming Lives from Sexual Violence. And their website is understandingshame.com. 
Healingfromsex.com. And as we heard today, healing from sexual abuse is not something that suddenly happens overnight, but is an ongoing process. It was great to hear how Tim, as a counsellor, was able to help Dale progress further in his recovery from childhood sexual abuse. Also, as Dale shared, his strong faith in Jesus has sustained him through the darkest times. Well, as mentioned at the beginning of today's program, if you're listening and need someone to talk to, you can call the 24-hour National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Line on 1800RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732. Once again, that's 1-800-RESPECT, or the numbers, 1-800-737-732. Also, if you'd like to pray with someone, our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. We'd love to pray for you on that number, 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for part three of this series on overcoming childhood sexual abuse. Unfortunately, this topic is impacting many people in society today, and it's good for us to understand so we can better help others or so that we can get help ourselves. Our prayer is that by ending the silence on this topic, more people will be healed. Well, until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 